0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience. we we're gonna be gonna get their attention. here scary. Podcast, what's up? The sneaker drop is here. The sneaker is here. 003 clouds and dirt. Shoe palace foot action K-Swiss.com podcast listeners i'm super fired up if i brought you any value at all i'd love for you to check it out check out all my social media where i've got links all over the place and for everybody in the los angeles area tuesday morning 10 a.m at shoe palace check out facebook i'm running it hard there thank you so much for listening to the podcast continue to enjoy it see ya hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of wine library tv i'm your host gary vaynerchuk and today we will be talking about the art of tasting wine. I am going to teach you how to taste wine, my way. Now obviously there's a lot of different ways you can taste wine but I'm going to show you basics that I feel are the standard in really tasting a wine, how I get the flavors, some of the terms i describe. described. There's no doubt in my mind this has been the email that I've most gotten and so that's what we're going to do today. Now, we're going to use this wonderful wine from California, Eagle Point Ranch Syrah. Mainly because it might be my favorite wine in the store right now for $15. We just got it in and I've been a huge fan of it. We're going to be promoting it later but I'm not going to do much on the wine because really today it's about tasting wine. So, let's get into it. You grab a bottle of wine. You pour some into the glass. The first thing that I tend to do when looking at a wine is I give it a quick swirl, always. I don't know why, I just give it a swirl sometimes on the table, it makes noise. And you know what I like to do is look at the color. Color is a huge factor in tasting wine. Wine comes visual, senses, and color is a huge factor. Color can tell you a whole lot. Now, with a red wine, you look for that really deep dark color, tends to make you think that there's a little bit more complexity in wine, a little bit more flavor. If you see lighter colors, a lot of times you might think it's a Pinot Noir, which has a lot of complexity as well. But, you know, I, I always give a glance at the color. You know, with white wines you see that golden color, sometimes you see the pale white. Usually the darker or the bigger you see the wine, the more full-bodied the wine is. So that's always opening move. Take a look at the color. I like to swirl, get the air in, while I'm kind of analyzing the color quickly, by swirling the wine you're able to you know break down the tannins and you're letting the air come in and kind of letting the flavors get out of the bottle. Obviously you can get decant as well. Basically the next thing I do is I always kind of give it a quick little look inside and then obviously, one of the most, if not the most important part in tasting wine is that first initial snip. I tend to like to put my nose completely into the glass, which, you know, you look around, and you see a lot of people don't do that, you know, at restaurants and things of that nature. But obviously, I'm going to tell you right now, that is the move. It is the crucial move in tasting wine. You get your nose completely in there and you give it a very big sniff. Now, don't get silly and you're gonna start choking because some of the alcohol and the sugars are gonna get into your nose, but you give it a very serious sniff. And I tend to sometimes give it two, three, four, five sniffs. I sometimes go back to the whirl, back into the sniff. And What I just did there right now, and wow, I wish she caught that. I wish I prepped it. You know, just from that little swirl in between those two sniffs, more flavor came in. So, you know, the more you can swirl it, the more you can sniff, you know, it's obvious to me, now, the flavors you get are not completely as obvious. You hear me talk about blackberry and currant and cherry. It's not like smelling, you know, cherry pop or or blackberry soup or, you know, anything that would be specific to that flavor. It's more of a subtle flavor. You're gonna always have those red wine or white wine flavors, you know, those standard flavors that if you're first getting into wine you smell. That's just a combination of oak and and steel and barrels and just you know the the overall flavors of each wine wherever the wine comes from. But when you first give it that smell, you're really just looking for those subtle flavors that you just may have not been able to get otherwise. With this wine, I get a little bit of black currant, a little bit of oak, a little bit of tobacco. Now, obviously. The more powerful your nose is, the better your sense of smell is, the less you have allergies. Right now, everybody in the store is sneezing all over the place. I have no allergies. I'm sure that's a major factor for me in being able to smell wine but and taste wine but the smell is huge. A lot of people don't take smell into account at all. And it's a huge mistake and it's one of the factors why you're not tasting some of the flavors that you've read about or you hear me mentioning. Next, I tend to like to look at the legs. And what the legs are is the oily residue that goes around the glass. Now, this is not a major thing, you know, 30, 40 years ago, this was a huge part of tasting wine. A lot of people would swirl, analyze the legs. You know, it's, it's a combination of the sugars and alcohols, you know, getting on the sides of the glass. And if you have big, big legs, you would think it's a more massive wine or with wine with more alcohol or a little bit more serious. It's just a little subtle thing I like to do. It t- kind of tells me where the wine is, you know, to me, body wise. You know, the more legs, the bigger, the darker the legs are, I tend to believe the wines are even more complex. But again, this wine has very little legs, and I know it's a big wine. So it's not a perfect science. It's just a part of the routine that I like to do. I think you'll get fun out of it. It's fun to look at the legs sometimes. It's just a clever little thing. But then once again, back into the nose. I try to get the nose as much as possible before I taste the wine. It's really setting up the senses, the flavors. This is where I'm starting to get excited and you get right into it. Now, here's where it gets really silly. To really taste wine. Now you can see what I did. I sloshed the wine in my mouth. Now, my wife has a tough time with this so we have to practice with water and you can do that as well. If you want to practice with some bottled water, that swirling in your mouth, that you know, making that bird sound that you might think of is a very key element because it's bringing oxygen into your mouth feel, into your palate while you're tasting the wine, it lets some of the alcohol get out and more of the flavor kind of to stay in the fruit. It's a crucial move and if you're completely into the tasting where you can't get the air into your palate you need to practice. To me it's an essential part. Other people will disagree. Again, this is really the way I like to taste wine, and a lot of the people that you know I sell wine to and grew up tasting wine with tend to do it this way. Again, I really believe heavily in getting the air into the palate. So once again. Huge factor by the way, this wine's awesome. Huge factor in getting the air in there, coating your palate, trying to get your tongue to hit as many flavors as possible. Obviously you've seen that chart you know, once or twice you're like, There's different parts of your tongue that are going to pick up different flavors so by coating your palate, coating your tongue, the back of your palate, you're really looking for that to happen because that's going to help you really taste all the different flavors in the wine and give you a complete feel for the wine. Now, the one of the final things I like to do and then we'll go into in depth a little bit more is after I taste I go right back to the smell. You know, kind of ties in all the flavors. You can get so much flavor from smelling the wine, then tasting it, and then back into the smell. you know it's it's really kind of the pattern I like to stay in. It helps me kind of put everything together and get that final flavor that I'm looking for. Now, let's talk about the flavor you're tasting in your mouth and what you're doing with that mouthfeel. That initial blast of flavor from the wine is very crucial because that's that upfront fruit, and it's your first impression. and you know it's like a first date. It's like, Hey, this is what it is. When you're swirling in your mouth and you're getting the flavors in and then you go into your swallow or your spit, you're really tasting for a mid-palate. And This is a term a lot of people don't understand. The best way I can say it is there's that initial flavor you get when you first put it in your mouth and then there's obviously the aftertaste which is really the flavor that sums up for most wine people what a wine's about, that finish. Is it silky, is it smooth, is it tight, is it dry, is it bitter? For most people that are not extremely serious about wine, it's a quintessential, essential part of how they decide the wine is. And so, to me it's very interesting that mid palate is something that most people don't pay attention to. The best way to describe the mid palate is the transition of flavors you're tasting in between that first taste and that final taste. You're going to really taste it as you're swallowing on your palate. now. A lot of times you won't taste anything, that's because many wines are made very hollow. If you've ever seen that term, hollow or no mid-palate, it's because there's really only two flavors, that beginning and end. But the really complex and interesting wines, and the wines that are values to me, wines like this that are better than what they're priced at, have that exotic, interesting mid-palate. That extra flavor, Asian spice, pepper, some of these flavors that you hear referring to, they come in hard on the mid-palate and they're very crucial to tasting wine. So. It's a three flavor process. It's that initial blast, what are you tasting as it's swirling in your mouth as you're about to go and then when you spit or swallow the wine, that final flavor. It's a three step attack for me and and that's really how I like to taste wine. Now, we can really get into how do you pick up the flavors, how do you taste wines but it comes down to a lot of visual, a lot of nose, a whole lot. And then finally, what you're tasting on the finish, back to the nose, just bringing all the flavors together, really focusing and not trying to outthink yourself. Let the flavors come to you. If you let the flavors come to you and you keep tasting wine, eventually you're going to really understand the different flavors and the different aspects of a wine. Back to the Eagle Point Ranch for a quick second. What I loved about it was that mid palette. Again, I was referring to that pepper, and this had it. Little clove, really interesting flavors. And that's what kind of makes it, for serious wine drinkers, I think, an interesting experience is that mid palette. It's such an essential thing. Try to find it. It's going to be hard in the beginning. Really focus on the nose. That, I think, is the essential thing if you leave with today. It's the nose. Get into it. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are like, and then get right into drinking and tasting. Obviously the finish you're gonna know about, but focus on the nose, focus on the mid palate, I think you're gonna be well on your way to tasting wine in a different light. We'll see you next time on Wine Library TV. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.